So many of you know I played eight years in the NFL. What you might not know is I've had multiple surgeries throughout my NFL and collegiate career. I've had both ankles, both knees worked on in a sports hernia. And these different surgeries, they've, they've given me pain over the years. And I've tried to, to look for different medications and, and ointments and gels and all this stuff to help heal that. But once I started finding out and started doing research on things within my body that can be done to help alleviate this pain, I started to kind of venture down this road of gut health. And gut health is your gut is like a second brain. The cleaner your gut is, the more things can be able to enter into your system and start to help you. And understanding this, Nodora is a probiotic that's like no other. It's specific, it's custom, and it's based on science. If you're having trouble with sleeping, with body inflammation, with pain, bloating, and even overall weight loss, Nodora can be the answer because it fixes things at the well, not at the faucet. So make sure to check out Nodora at Nodora, N-U-D-O-R-A.com. And when you purchase, make sure when you check out Shark Effect 25 for 25% off your order. Okay? All right. Don't say I ain't never did nothing for y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. My mission is to help former elite-level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, once again, Alex Molden. And, you know, from time to time, I like to have guests on my show. And the guests that I have, they've overcome something. And what they've overcome can help each and every one of us. And my guest this week is Marcus Ogden. Now, Marcus is a former NFL player. He played for five and a half, six years. And he also has an older brother who came out of the uh, out of the college ranks the same year I did, Jonathan Ogden, who's a Hall of Famer. Um, but but this is about Marcus's story. And he he has one of the one of the top ranked podcasts. It's called Get Authentic. Um, make sure you 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 go check it out. It's called Get Authentic. It's by Marcus Ogden, top one and a half um, percent of podcasts out there. And um, he's also, I'm going to brag on him now because he, <laughs> he's, he's kind of a big thing, a big deal. But he's, a, he's a, a speaker. He's also a coach and a consultant. And he's also an author. Matter of fact, he's authored three best-selling books that I'm going to let him dive into a little bit later and make sure you get you a copy of one because I'm going to give me a copy. 
all that said, Marcus, thank you so much for being a guest on the Shark Effect, my man. Appreciate you, Alex. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, yeah. So, man, tell my people a little bit about your story because it's, it's different. It's different. And I love how, you know, we can we'll be able to 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 learn something, how you can overcome setbacks and failures. Anyway, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm from Washington, D.C., went to Howard University in Washington, D.C., I got drafted to the National Football League by the Jacksonville Jaguars. My head coach was Jack Del Rio. It was his rookie year with the Jaguars. I had a phenomenal almost six-year NFL career. Played with some great guys like Ray Lewis, my brother, Ed Reed, Marcus Stroud, John Henderson, Byron Leftwich, Vince Young, uh, Willis McGahee, uh, Eric Moulds, his name a few. And, you know, after my NFL career, I struggled immensely with alcohol, addiction, painkillers, nightlife. And after about six months, finally, I put the bottle down and I started Caden Premier Enterprises and I grew into the largest African-American subcontracting company in the city of Baltimore in the state of Maryland. And then, unfortunately, as the company grew, I stood at my ego, my bravado, and my arrogance. And I ended up losing my company and everything I owned in 2013 as a result of arrogance, ego, and then over-calculating how I could handle a job that was $4 million. And I put an extra $3 million, give or take, of my money into work for a change order that was not paid back by the developer and contractor. And it sent me into a Chapter 7 complete bankruptcy in 2013. I had, and I had to move to Raleigh with only $400 to my name. Mm, now. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And I hear some things that I think a lot of, not just athletes, but a lot of people can relate to. And you said ego. Like you're having success. I'm sure you had to have ego when you played your sport at a very high level. How did that, those same kind of things, how did they kind of creep in into your your professional life after ball? So what happened is, is that unfortunately my ego that I carried in football to help me do my job, it really started to take over the good part of my soul when I was a construction owner. And unfortunately, instead of having, um, you know, having confidence and, you know, not being ego driven, having a nice, strong confidence of what I could do, my abilities, all that, I ended up being very, very, just, uh, just a t uh, very tyrannical, very much just all about myself, all about the money, all that kind of stuff, you know, in that regard. Mm. And you moved down to Riley, you got $400 to your name. What happened next? So what happened next is I ended up working as a custodian in downtown Raleigh for $8.25 an hour. And I ended up doing that job to take care of my family and all that, all that kind of stuff. And so in reality, it put me in a position where I was really just not in a good place because I was so focused on trying to make money, which was good. But I was also not focused on being accountable and being very just, you know, straightforward with how to handle situations and how to be in that regard. So in reality, I ended up really just not being accountable and not being responsible 
during that time. And then the custodian job helped me to get a little bit more accountable responsible, but I still wasn't all the way there. So what happened was I ended up getting somebody's rotten meat, spoiled milk, just nasty garbage all over my body, my skin, and my clothes. And that was my wake-up call. And that was when I decided to get things going in a real positive direction. And it made me realize that if I don't take control of my life and get things going in a positive direction, I was always going to be here for the rest of my life. And that's when I said, enough's enough, get my life together. And that's when I was able to move forward in that regard. Gotcha. And so when you finished playing ball, you finished playing football in the NFL and retired and whatnot. So from that moment, getting those big NFL checks until you was making $8 an hour, how long of a period was, was that? And, you know, we're skipping past you having your own business construction, but what was the, the time frame? Five years. So I retired in 08, and then I started working as a custodian in September of 2013 for 825 an hour. 825 an hour. I don't think you ever forget that, that 825 an hour, huh? Never, ever, man. It really reminds me of how far I've come. And my checks were like $311, you know, a, a, a week. No, every two weeks, excuse me, $311 every two weeks. I was making like $625 a month, you know, give or take. After tax, everything else came out and whatever the other, you know, tax, social security, all that other stuff. So $311 every two weeks is what I made, you know, working, you know, in that regard. So, I mean, it was really just crazy, you know, what I had to do in order to get there, you know, to that, you know, in that level. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot that I had to go through. Yeah. I think some of the things that, you know, we go through, we have success at, right? We have success in whether it's sports, whether it's raising a family or whatnot. But sometimes if you don't have the discipline, right, that you just only think about the success. Where I think failure, when you look at it, and, you know, I, I speak a lot on leadership, and a lot, you know, leadership is influence. When you look at it and break it down, it's, it's influence. And some people are influenced by success. And then there's another influencer is failure. And when you keep those close together, success and failure, it keeps you humble. It keeps you humble because you know failure is, is close by, right? Success and then failure is close by. But if we keep looking at failure, we can also look back to success to teach us resilience. And it sounds like that's what you have. You know, you have resilience. Now, what happened after that? Like you started, you know, because you're a speaker. How did that work? Did you like you said, hey, you woke up and said, you know what? I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to make lots of money. I'm going to influence a lot of different people. How did that how did that work out? So after my spoiled milk moment, I went home and I wrote down my three biggest strengths. I'm a good communicator. I'm a storyteller. I want to help people. And as a result of those strengths that I wrote down, I came home and said, I want to be a speaker. And I launched a speaking business September 2013. I did a lot of free jobs, you know, all that kind of stuff, but nobody paid me anything. And for two and a half years, not one paid speaking job. Got my first paid speaking job, April 2016. 
And from there, I went into mode of getting coached and learned and got around some great influential leaders, learned the business, learned how to turn my pain into my purpose. And since then, to date, six and a half years later, we have spoken for 47 Fortune 500 brands as a speaker, 47. And of those, I think 10 to 15 are Fortune 100. And we have quite a few Fortune 50 and a couple of Fortune 25. And we are a business coach. We are a consultant. We are a uh, best-selling author. We have our own podcast. We have really aligned with brands that, you know, are really, truly what we want to do business with and have ownership in. And we've really turned our brand around, but it's been six and a half years of really, uh, I won't say struggling, of, of fortitude and trial and error and getting beat up and learning how to be a better speaker, getting critiqued, getting coached, getting evaluated, going through the process to where we're at today. We're always still learning, always, but we have developed a brand that people know, respect, and want to do business with. Yeah, I like that. And some of the words, some of those adjectives, they kind of, you know, I look how they align with, you know, people, especially athletes, when they do things at a very high level, like those same adjectives align with being an athlete. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't have those traits as an athlete and a business owner or business leader, at some point you will not hit your finish line and or your targeted destination is just not possible. Yeah. What is some of the things that you would give a young um, athlete who's finishing their college career or professional career? And they're like, they're trying to, I don't know what's next. What are they good at? What do they want to do? What are some of the things knowing what you know now, what type of tips would you give them? I would tell the young athletes to lean on what their strengths are. It's all about creating opportunity for themselves. And in order to create massive successful opportunity, two things have to happen. One, what is your why? Why are you doing what you are doing? What is the reasoning behind it? Second thing, you have to figure out what your strengths are and leverage them and use those to catapult yourself going forward. We always talk about what we don't do well, how we don't get this done well, how we don't get that done well. Got it, got the t-shirt. But I tell people, my coaching clients, consulting clients, speaking clients, business associates, learn to focus on what you do well and then build from there. Then start to materialize and develop what you want for your life based off what you do well. That's how you build success. That's how you sustain success. And that's how you continue to move forward. And what you don't do well, if you can't afford to hire someone, barter and or trade your services for theirs, so you can get into this to monetarily hire people, then what you don't do well, hire and delegate out to other people. Mm. I think you just, you answered my next question, which was how do we fast track that? Oh, you I, I heard coaching. I heard getting a coach. Mm-hmm. Getting a coach is awesome. But if you, again, 
Coaching is phenomenal, right? But you also can fast track by bringing people around you to help you augment what you don't do well, help you to close the gap, help you to kind of strengthen the foundation, right? Now, coaching, everybody needs coaching, but that's going to only help you to a certain degree. And again, the human mind is designed to do a lot of things, but it's not designed to do everything. So you have to learn who you can build and bring onto your team. Like us, we have a great website designer, internal manager, external manager, patent person, videographers, bookkeepers, accountants, you know, all these different people. And I don't know how to do any of that stuff, but I know if I want to buy a home, right? I got to have a bookkeeper. I got to have an accountant. I got to be able to show I make money. If I want to have great video, I have to have a great videographer. Great photos to be taken. If I want to create an idea for a speech, I need to have it trademarked and or patented. If I want to have a great website that people reach out to me and have good SEO, I got to have a great website guy. I want somebody to help me create PowerPoints or create, you know, blogs or newsletters. I got to have an internal manager. I want somebody to help me with like PR and external facets of the business and press releases. I got to have an external manager, right? Now, I didn't start off with those things. I built from the ground up. I hired an internal manager then a website person, then a trademark and patent person, then found a good videographer. Then we found the external manager and then we found some people to help with marketing and bookkeeping and being an accountant and all that stuff going down the line. But in the beginning, it's important to get coached because you can afford either through barter services or monetarily paying someone to build your team. It's absolutely critical. Mm. What's the foundation of what you speak on? I speak on a lot of different things. It could be leadership. It could be marketing and sales. It could be culture enhancement. It could be diversity, equity, and inclusion. It could be professional development. It could be any of those things across the board, right? It could be on perseverance and determination and resilience. So what we have done, we have created signature keynotes. Like for example, our professional development keynote is titled At 32, What I Wish I Would Have Told My 32-Year-Old Self. We have a marketing and sales talk, which is called Drop the Poker Face. Selling requires authenticity. So we have worked very hard with our team to create signature keynotes for our clients. This way, our clients can get maximum value and they know that the story that we're creating is our story that was crafted for them to help them apply what they need in their lives to have success. Mm, Love that. And how do you define leadership? Leadership is the art of getting people to do what you want done because they want to do it. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the only president and general of our country. And he was 100% correct. It's about people doing what you want them to do because they feel committed. They feel aligned with the values of the organization. Mm. And when you look at like the foundational principles of leadership, do they give me an example, like how that is like either at work or at home or at the grocery store, what are some foundational principles that it doesn't matter where you are, like your, your influence. So for me, you know, the print, the main principle of being a great leader is active listening 
and creating an environment where your team can feel safe to express themselves without fear of being judged. And I really love that. And I learned about that from reading about Steve Jobs at Apple, who said his hardest job was to create an environment where his trusted team could feel free to express themselves without fear of being judged. And I hope people understand that leadership is not a title. It's not a privilege. It's a responsibility. It is a responsibility to serve those that you are leading and take them, not show them, not tell them, take them where they need to go. So them and the organization is in the best position to thrive. Love it. What's like when you look at the landscape of especially professional sports? Oh, no, let's, let's say both collegiately and professional athletes, no matter the football players or basketball players. What what are what do you see? in terms of character, that they're dropping the ball to help them achieve off the field, like their brand. What do you see that that's happening in collegiate sports athletes and professional athletes? Because, I mean, I turn on ESPN every day, and you see, like, man, these, these cats that are making huge mistakes um, in, their, in their character, how do you see yourself helping those, those athletes? What I try to tell those athletes is your character is your currency. And if you mess up your character, you're messing up your currency. And a lot of times the athletes don't realize that doing something off the field, having a little off the field issue or things like that, they feel, oh, you know, I'm young, won't hurt me. Well, no, that's not true because here's the thing. In the age of social media, in the age of digital, in the age of information is in your hand, like we have on our phone with Apple, you can pick up something and see if you do something wrong. It's going to be on the wire like that. Do something good, nobody's going to hear about it, more than likely. Do something bad, pow, it goes right on the wire, front page of the paper, sports section, Yahoo, whatever. So one of our clients, we did a lot of work with for many years with the Buffalo Bills, work with their incoming rookies every year. Guys like Tredavious White, guys like Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Deion Dawkins. And if you've noticed, the Buffalo Bills have had no off-the-field issues since 2017. I don't remember they had issues before that, to be honest with you. But since 2017, they've had none that I can ever remember. Because I told those young guys, that their character is their currency. And if they want to build wealth and multiple streams of income off the field, if your character is spotty, it's going to affect your currency. Look at Josh Allen. Every time I see him, a Gillette commercial, uh, a soap commercial. I mean, he's doing all kinds of stuff. You know, he's, you know, he's doing really well with his brand and his currency and his character off the field. And that's why he's having success because he recognizes the importance of having a strong character, no matter where he is or where he goes. Mm. And you're, you're, I think you're, um, you're correct when it comes to character, but yet, especially those athletes who are elevated in their 
a, a lot of times because of their ability and because it's their their sport is elevated, especially here in America, right? If you're a baller, if you're a baller, people will turn a blind eye to your character. They will. They'll turn a blind a blind eye until that your ability starts to lower and then your character or lack of character starts to supersede that. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's true, unfortunately. And again, it goes back to your currency. While you're playing, will they tolerate it? Yes. Will they say, oh, slap on the wrist? Yes. But once you retire or your skills diminish, what happens? Classic example, OBJ. OBJ in his youth, if he made a mistake, something like that, people will turn a blind eye. Now, there are questions about his health, right? Which I don't think, I think he's fine. I think he's a great football player. I think he can smoke out and play. But the question is, you're looking at the health, but then the people are going to, the owners are going to say, well, what about the character? Like I, I heard he had a, an instance on a plane not that long ago, right? Again, that stuff when he was young and healthy, are they going to turn a blind eye? Yes, they would. Today, probably not. So again, it goes back to your currency, right? Because when you're not playing, if you have a great character, you can still make great currency, right? Look at the Manning brothers. Like they've got this show. Look at Michael Strahan. He has his show, right? People want to do business with. I mean, a lot of guys I play with, Stephen Tulloch is doing phenomenal. Bo Scaife's doing really well. I mean, there's guys that I know personally and played with that had great character and they kept it that way and they're having success now after the game. So again, it's not about currency while you're playing as much as it's currency when your skills diminish or when you're done from the game and you don't have any way of making income. But if you have a great character, you can still bring in money based off that. And I want to take that a little bit deeper when you talk about the I meaning just character. Character, when you break it down, is who you are, right? That's who you are. And there's some cats who have had some, some run-ins with the law and, you know, they have some things that have happened to them, but because of their character and they're likable and they're who they are, they're authentic, they still get second chances, they get other opportunities. Perfect example, Marshawn Lynch, right? He was an he's ambassador. They wanted him to be an ambassador for the NFL, and then all of a sudden he gets a DUI in Vegas in the in June or July, and this is after he stopped playing. And he gets a DUI, and it's a it's a bad look. And then fast forward just a couple of months later, he's he's doing stuff for the NFL um, on Thursday Night Football, right? It's because of who he is. The dude is a likable dude. He's, he's who he is. He's a dude from the Bay Area. He's he played, has a ton of success, but he is who he is. You know, he's a fun-loving type of cat. And I think once guys understand, if they just be who they are and understand that, man, that that's, that's marketing. That's branding. That's who you are. Your character. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, no, you're right. Again, Everyone makes mistakes, but if you make a mistake and you're likable and you have a good personality and you're easy to talk to, like Marshawn, then yes, you people can potentially look the other way. But it really comes down to your ability to be likable, be charismatic, where people say, yes, I like this guy, I like this girl, 
and I still want to work with you even though you made a mistake. So again, it comes down to your ability to bring to the table charisma, charm, and some very positive swagger. Yeah, I love that. Because not everybody has that. And not everybody understands the impact and the power of failure, of mistakes. If you try to sweep it underneath the rug, you lose that power. If you admit to it, if you if you own it, then you can use that as an influencer and let until somebody else. You don't want you don't want anybody else having that over you. And I think you know when people you know we all make mistakes, but if you step up to it and you own it, you control the narrative instead of somebody else. Yep, and that goes back to that goes back to accountability. Yes, yeah. So, Marcus, Matt, tell me a little bit um, about your your books, and I, because I know you got a lot of you got things going on, and I want you know people to to be able to find you. You have a beautiful website. You got. I want people to to tune into your to your podcast. But where can we find? First of all, where can we find you? You can go to our website www.marcusmarcusogdenogden.com. You can send us, submit a request to send us a note on our website, or you can email me at marcus at marcusogden.com. Get in touch with us, connect with us. We love to speak with you. Love that. And what are your books about? So I have three books, bestsellers, The Sleepless Nights, The NFL, A Business and a Family. It's my autobiography. That's my life story. In our second book, The Success Cycle, which is the most popular bought book, talks about three major keys to build success, ambition, drive, and hard work. And then the third book is a book that we co-authored, or I'm sorry, we were contributing author, excuse me, Persistence, Pivots, and Game Change, which talks about successful business leaders and how they pivoted and how they've gone where they need to go to get where they need to go in that regard. But The Success Cycle is our most popular bought book at this time because it is a real roadmap to how you bring ambition, drive, and hard work into your life to achieve what you desire. Mm, love that. Love that. Okay. So last question I got for you. What is something that most people value, but you don't? Fame. I'm not impressed with fame. Like it can come and go as quick as, as, the, as the wind blows. And people can love you when you're on top. When you fall or you falter or you're not in the limelight, huh, people will forget you're never there. So a lot of people are impressed and value fame. And I don't because at the end of the day, I don't care about fame. It doesn't make me a better person. It doesn't make me popular. It doesn't make me feel good. To me, it's just a part of who you are. And so I value the relationships, the people in my life, those I'm connected with, my business associates, my team members, my family. That's what matters most to me. Fame to me means nothing because I chased that with my construction company, got it, then lost everything and hit rock bottom and nobody knew who the hell I was. No one cared. So I've been famous. I know what it's like. I know what it can do to you. I know what it can do to your soul if you're not careful. So for me, fame doesn't impress me. 
So check it. If you like today's show, I want you to do me a couple of favors. I want you to subscribe. I want you to give me a rating and give me a review. And then the fourth thing, I want you to share it. Okay? And I'm not saying this for selfish reasons. When you guys do this, the more ratings, the more stars we get, five stars are dope, but the more impactful guests that we can have on the show. And the more impactful guests we have on the show, I think the more insights and the more value we can deliver for you all, my listeners. Okay, so if you guys can do that, it'll help us out, which will in turn help you out. Keep aligning, assigning, and adjusting yourself to the person that you want to become. 